Hypnotize Me, Episode 1. Hi, this is Dr. Liz, and welcome to Episode 1. In this episode, I'm going to cover some FAQs and some myths about hypnosis. So these are questions I get a lot. There's a questions that other practitioners get a lot. And one of the main ones that I hear is, am I going to bark like a dog? Ruff. Okay. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to bark like a dog or quack like a duck. I think these are so funny. And I understand like a lot of them come from the like stage hypnosis and show hypnosis where maybe somebody went to a show one time and you know the hypnotist made them do something or raise their arm no one can make you do anything in hypnosis that you don't want to do like you are not in a state where you know they can tell you to go do crazy stuff and you'll do it it just doesn't happen so that's like myth number one and FAQ number one. The other thing is, the other big question I get is, what's it like? So what is hypnosis like? And hypnosis is like a deeply relaxed state. That's really all it is, is a deeply relaxed state. Like there's been brain studies about what kind of brain waves that you go into during hypnosis and meditation. It's actually very similar to meditation, but generally it's, you're deeply relaxed. So if you've ever been in relaxation savasana at the end of a yoga class and really were able to drift off, that's very similar to hypnosis and the hypnotic state that you go into. If you um, are driving along in your car and you're daydreaming and you suddenly are at your location because maybe it's on autopilot, that's very similar to hypnosis. That is actually what we consider a hypnotic state. And what they found is that people drift into that state about six times a day. So whether it's staring at your computer or your phone or driving, or sometimes you're just like doing dishes and staring off and your kids ask you a question and you have no idea what they asked you, right? You're in a very, you're, you're in like a semi-hypnotic state at that point. So it's a state that we can all access. It's a state that we do access all the time. The only difference is in hypnosis is that you've actually asked someone to take you there and to make suggestions that you think will be helpful for your life. So that is the difference. When people come in with a problem and they want to solve that problem and they're asking a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist, a psychologist for help with that problem, and that professional knows what to do with that problem. They know what kind of suggestions to give you. And some of that comes from um, spending some time with you, too. It's not just like, oh, you walk in the door, lay down on the couch, and boom, you're in. No, it is a process of getting to know you some and getting to know what uh, problem you're facing and what have you tried to solve it and what has been helpful and those type of things. So it is a relationship between you and the hypnotherapist. So I'm going to talk about how to find a professional to do hypnosis with you. But right now, let's get back to the FAQs. Another one I get is, will I be able to drive afterwards? And this is a really good question. Like, yeah, are you going to be so floaty and up in the clouds that you can't drive? And the answer is hopefully not. Like, no, if you have someone who's trained and a good hypnotherapist, they are going to ground you afterwards. They're going to bring you out of hypnosis, out of the deeply relaxed state, 
and ground you and talk to you a little bit and have you plant your feet on the floor and see what was helpful about this session for you so that you're grounded enough to go out and drive. And it is really a safety concern at that point. So you do want someone who's well-trained in that. The other big question I get is what about the length and cost of treatment? Cost obviously is going to really vary across the country, across the world. Um, it's, you know, it really depends on where you're located and also what problem you're bringing in to work on. So some problems take longer, other problems are very short, you know, there's smoking sensation, which is generally three to five sessions. I've never heard of anyone doing it really past five sessions. So that's, that's a really time-limited treatment for a very specific problem. Versus there's hypnosis for irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, and it's an extremely well-researched protocol that I'll talk about in a future episode. But that one is seven sessions every other week. And that's the Paulson protocol that comes out of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So that's 14 weeks, right? Every other week, seven sessions. And that's, a, again, a prescribed problem. If you're coming in for depression, anxiety, heartbreak, sometimes people come in for, it's really going to vary with what you're facing. So keep that in mind when you're making the appointment. Sometimes I get calls and people think they'll come in for one session and they'll be done. And occasionally that happens. Like, yeah, occasionally it's really effective depending on what you're facing in one session and you're done. But most of the time you're looking at one to three sessions at least and sometimes more than that. Okay, next question is, am I going to be able to lose control during the hypnosis? Like, can I lose control? Is that going to happen? And again, you are always in control during hypnosis. And you can talk during hypnosis. Often uh, hypnotherapists will ask questions during hypnosis to get some information about what's going on with the client. And you can talk and then go right back into trance. You can stop the hypnosis at any time. Some therapists set up signals, like finger signals, where the client can say to stop or to answer questions with those finger signals. So the finger signals are called idiomotor finger signals, and that's the like official name for it. But basically what happens is you set up like, okay, raise your index finger if the answer is no, or raise this finger if the answer is yes, or raise the thumb if you don't know. You know, therapists set up their own signals that way. So that way the client has an easy way to communicate without having to come to full wakefulness. But even if they do come to full wakefulness, then they can go right back into trance and that's generally not a problem. All right, let's move on to the next FAQ, which is, Will I fall asleep in hypnosis? Or also similar to that is, will I have amnesia for what was said? Um, so this is a really interesting one. I have had clients fall asleep. They get so deeply relaxed that they are just out <laughs> there. And it sounds a little bit different when they're asleep, like their body movements are different. Um, 
and sometimes snoring happens, right? <laughs> so occasionally that happens. Yeah. And what I always tell them is like, wow, they must have really needed that rest that they got. They must have really needed it. And often I'll see moms who come in and they're overwhelmed and they're exhausted. And it's like, yeah, they need some really deep sleep sometimes. So in general, most people do not sleep during hypnosis. You're in a very deeply relaxed state and you're accessing ways to help yourself change and suggestions to help yourself change towards better health and um, better living at that point. So generally you don't fall asleep. You're just very deeply relaxed, but occasionally it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, will I not remember it? Will I have amnesia for the hypnosis session? And generally you will remember the hypnosis session. You can hear everything that's being said. Again, if you fall asleep, sometimes you don't remember it. You're like, oh man, I was out, you know, but in general, that doesn't happen. And again, as, as hypnotherapists, we have some techniques to help people stay in like a gentle, wakeful state versus a deep, deep sleep. But um, sometimes that sneaks up on us if a client goes that deeply. Um, so generally, it, you remember almost everything in the session. You may drift, dream, and float. And that's often a suggestion I give that you don't have to pay attention to the words. And that's a lovely, lovely part of hypnosis is your, your thinking mind can go to sleep, quote unquote. Your thinking mind can rest. It doesn't have to be on all the time. And the hypnosis will work because it bypasses the thinking mind, right? Like if we could think our way out of all our problems, hey, it would be awesome, but sometimes we can't. So hypnosis is often useful for that. And one more I want to do before we end this episode is, can I do self-hypnosis? Is self-hypnosis effective? And I have like a hands down, absolutely, yes, it's effective. Like my goal for you as a hypnotherapist and most of the hypnotherapists I talk to and know is self-hypnosis. There's an argument that every hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Really, I'm just your guide. I'm your facilitator. Any therapist is your guide and facilitator, but you're the one who goes into that hypnotic state. You're the one who creates it for yourself. And when you listen to a hypnosis file at home or when you're able to access that state on your own, that is self-hypnosis and that is always the goal. Like, yes, walk out of my office and be able to do this on your own. Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing and most people can do that. So that is the end of episode one, the FAQs on hypnosis. I hope that was helpful for you today. And in future episodes, we'll um, talk about different questions that come up about hypnosis, but I wanted to cover those brief ones today. Again, you can always contact me through my website, hypnotizemepodcast.com. You can always email me, ask any questions you have, maybe one that I didn't cover that you want to hear, and I would be happy to do a future episode about that. Have a wonderful week. Peace. Want free hypnosis files or to learn more about Dr. Liz, her books, products, and services? Head over to drlizhypnosis.com to get in on all the great resources. If you liked this episode, do Dr. Liz a favor and rate, review, and subscribe over at iTunes. Or better yet, 
Tell a friend about the podcast so we can continue to grow our amazing audience. Lastly, be sure to send in your feedback to Dr. Liz at drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z at drlizhypnosis.com. We love to hear from you.